This is an SBS radio podcast. Settlement Guide. Information, issues and stories about living in Australia. Travel restrictions and COVID-19 social distancing measures are further delaying processing times for partner visa applicants within and outside Australia. According to the Migration Institute of Australia, just under half of partner visas lodged in the last financial year were granted. Maggie Taufer, Principal Lawyer and Migration Agent at AHWC Immigration Lawyers, says processing times for the subclass 309 offshore partner visa are experiencing significant delays due to COVID-19, seeing waiting times blow out past the current average of 18 months. Even before the COVID period, they were taking an extraordinarily long amount of time. But since the COVID period, it almost seems as if they have just suspended processing. If you look at the department's website, they say that the offshore partner visa should be processed in between 21 to 28 months. But in many, many cases, that is being exceeded considerably in our experience. John Hurrigan, the National Director of the Migration Institute of Australia, says the amount of partner visas granted this financial year makes up only about half of all applications in the queue. The Minister has stated that this financial year there were only about 40,000 partner visas granted, stage one. So if the application rate's at about 85,000 and they're only processing 40,000 finalisations, that means you've already got over a two-year wait period of applications in the pipeline already. Tafa says inconsistency and a lack of transparency with visa outcomes has caused stress and anxiety amongst her clients who are unable to visit their partners in Australia or abroad during the coronavirus pandemic. We are experiencing our clients having desperation feelings. They feel isolated. Some of them are desperate from a financial perspective where they may have children as well. Some applicants are considerably worried about just starting a family because they may be getting older. We've also had people experiencing mental health problems because they just have no idea when all of this ordeal is going to end. According to Hurrigan, it is still possible for offshore partner visa applicants to enter the country. They can apply for a visitor's visa by seeking consent of the Australian Border Force Commissioner to travel as a partner of an Australian citizen or permanent resident. The uh, problems start to arise in relation to de facto couples. The Australian Border Force Commissioner is approving those who have provided a tremendous amount of paperwork to show that they are in a de facto relationship. Those who have travelled back and forth to Australia over a period of one or two or three years obviously can also show that evidence that they've got some sort of connection with Australia and with the Australian partner. For those who have never been here to Australia, it's going to come down to the level of documentation they have. Both Hurrigan and Taffer say their practices are observing tremendous difficulty in prospective marriage visa holders getting a travel exemption during COVID-19. Even the grantees, so the people who have been granted the prospective marriage visa, are panicking now as well because they're struggling to get the travel exemption even though they have a visa and they, you know, they have a partner in Australia. The travel exemptions are still not flowing freely for those either. And they're in a situation where they only have nine months to enter the country. So there will be visa expiries for the prospective marriage visa holders. We anticipate that will happen for a significant number of those people. While Tafa is concerned that those already granted a fiancé visa may need to start the entire application process again after travel bans are lifted, Hurrigan, on the other hand, is more optimistic. For those whose visas expired, say before the bans are lifted, matter of just uh, approaching the department on the other end of this and 
get in the department to re-evidence uh, the visa. We don't know exactly what all the processes will be involved, but I think in many cases the department will probably just simply reissue the visas. In some cases they may have to provide a new of intention to marry. It isn't any easier for onshore partner visa applicants. Peruvian-born Luciano and his Australian partner Drew lodged their partner visa application over five years ago. As Luciano had overstayed on his visa before meeting Drew, their application was initially denied and sent to the Administrative Appeals Tribunal, or the AAT, for review, then to the Federal Circuit Court, and now back with the AAT again. Drew likens the arduous process to jumping through hoops and swimming in the Nile. People think it's just filling out two pages. It is actually a very lengthy process and they can look into all different avenues about what side of the bed you sleep on, what toothbrush the person may use, do you have letters? They can look into SMS, they can look into phone call history, they can look into absolutely anything and everything that you can imagine. Hurrigan says a successful visa application also comes down to how well you document your relationship. The department will want to see documents uh, of continued communication while the couple are separated. I want to see uh, financial transactions uh, between the couple, but obviously that's only generally happens one way uh, in most cases. It's the Australian partner transferring money to the overseas partner, shared household. It's just all about the documentation about the relationship and how much they have. Some couples have a lot, some don't have much at all. And the ones who don't have much have difficulty trying to prove it. According to TAFA, once the partner visa application is lodged, other documents such as police certificates and health examinations are also required. Now those character certificates or police certificates and the health examinations are only valid for 12 months. So that forms part of the other guessing game for the applicant for a, a partner visa. When do they do those? When do they do the health examinations? When do they apply for the police certificates? Because if they're going to expire in 12 months' time and the visa is not going to be granted in 12 months' time, that's further expense for them. Tafa says organising documents isn't always easy at the best of times, even more so during COVID-19, for applicants who need to arrange biometric data outside their country. And we've had clients who, for example, are living in Nepal and have had to get themselves to New Delhi to have fingerprints and things done. Drew strongly recommends that fellow partner visa applicants get things right from the start. Get the legal advice, make sure you take your time and be prepared. It may not cost the $7,000, it may end up costing around thirty to 35000 over a period of time. So it can be a very costly service. COVID-19 may have caused much headache for many visa applicants. Luciano, though, is thankful that he's able to stay with Drew and work in Australia during this period. I'm now in a bridging visa because after we passed the second hearing, it was terrible for us. They put me in a bridging visa and I received like a few months ago before the COVID started. They just need my police checks for the different countries that I used to live, Argentina and the US. So yeah, all those things are in process to come to Australia. And after I submit all those papers, I will have the final uh, answer or decision. According to TAFA, the Department of Home Affairs does not answer questions on partner visa applications that are within the quoted processing time. So currently, say, if your processing time has been quoted as 21 to 28 months, 
the Department of Immigration would not respond to a query before the end of that 28 months. So it's really difficult for clients and for ourselves to know exactly where an application is before that period because we just cannot get any information from the Department of Immigration. Tafa and Hurrigan both recommend that the best thing to do in the meantime is to keep submitting your supporting evidence. They should actually email each other, use Skype, Messenger, WhatsApp, either. Basically any of messaging apps keep a record of the communications. Tafa also advises that partner visa applicants register their de facto relationship in territories and states where they can do so to increase their chances for a visa claim and possibly of a travel exemption down the track. They should go ahead and try to register the relationship because only one person needs to be a resident in the state or territory to actually register that relationship. Meanwhile, Luciano has managed to gain work rights to work as a chef on his bridging visa and believes that as long as he maintains a positive mindset, he will eventually get his visa. Drew, on the other hand, is hoping to finally gain some clarity for their future. Right now, it's been a very challenging thing. There's never been an end-term goal because you have to basically reassess and reassess and reassess every four to six weeks or six to eight months or in this case it's been the last five years. So we've never been able to really lock down that final goal which is to settle down and really establish roots here in Australia with for Luciano and myself. You can follow Luciano and Drew's visa journey along with the emotional stories of other migrants and families on the new four-part documentary series Who Gets to Stay in Australia on SBS TV premiering at 8.30pm on Wednesday 1st of July. Please note that the comments provided in this article are general advice only and do not apply to all circumstances. If you are concerned about your visa status, it is best that you seek legal advice as soon as possible. The feature on love and partner visas in the time of COVID-19 was prepared by Amy Chen Yu Wong and for SBS, I'm Margarita Vasileva. This was an SBS radio podcast. For more Settlement Guide stories, visit sbs.com.au slash radio.